I do hope you will plan to be with us tonight uh, for the family gathering, not only to just join the fellowship with uh, each other around 5 o'clock or so, but when we gather in Hudson Hall to talk about all of the things that are unfolding here for this campus. Uh, a lot of times we spend a lot of time talking about the other campuses, and we are proud of what's going on, like at West Franklin and, and the others, uh, but there's a lot going on here. Uh, we are already looking at record enrollment for Vacation Bible School this year. So that's, so there's a lot of those things that we want to make sure you know about, and that's tonight at 6 o'clock in, in, uh, in Hudson Hall. Trust you'll be there. When you're a kid, you go through your life making notes to yourself that you will never do as a parent, okay? I will never treat my kid like that. I will never say that to my kid. And the top of that list is, just cause. When, when you ask your mom or dad a question and they look at you and go, just because. Because I'm daddy, you're not. Because I'm mom, you're not. Just because. You make a little note to yourself. I will never say that to my kid. When my kid asks me a question, I will lovingly and patiently explain everything that is going on. And then it happens. Oh, let's say you're getting ready to go on a trip. And you were told it was three bags and it's now four bags. And of course, there's a snack bag, which you have to put so everybody can reach it, which you can't put underneath, which the only place it fits is underneath. So you have to rearrange everything. You're trying to put this geometrical uh, puzzle together of getting all this luggage into the one trunk that you have. And your little assistant is there helping you. Why won't it fit, Daddy? Maybe if you push harder, Daddy, why do we have to go so long, Daddy? Why can't we have a short drive? Why do we have to do this? I didn't want to do this today. Why finally you look and you go, just cause. And it's the worst moment of your life. You realize you've turned into your parent. Oh, no, I am my mom. Oh, no, I am my dad. I have just done what I promised I would not do. But you know, Sometimes because isn't a bad answer to give. In fact, according to John in his letter, sometimes it's the only answer you need. Stand with me in honor of God's word. We're going to put it up on the screen because it is one sentence. 1 John 4.10, we love because he first loved us. Now, I want you to say it. We love because he first loved us. Let's do it again. We love because he first loved us. Now, I want you to split it and switch it. Because he first loved us, we love. Because he first loved us, we love. Because. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. We talk about love often, rarely knows know what it means. 
So we pray, Father, in this moment, in this worship service, our hearts will begin to open up to the mystery of what it means to be loved by you. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Every Monday afternoon, the pastors of all the campuses and I get together and we go over the coming sermon. So you need to know that on Monday of last week, we spent about an hour and a half talking about that one sentence. How are you going to preach it? What words are you going to emphasize? How will you make sure that your people hear it? How will you say it? An hour and a half. Each of us left that room and spent the rest of the week studying that one sentence. Sending texts back and forth to each other. Hey, this is what I found out. Hey, how are you going to use this? Hey, did you know this? And we have walked into this morning, every one of us, scared to death. Not that we don't know what this verse means, but that we're going to leave out the wrong thing. You see, there's no way I can tell you in the time I have all that is in this verse. I can't get it into you, all that this means. So whatever we do in the next few minutes would just be the beginning of your journey with the truth that this verse contains. And when you know it, he's talking about love. Now, you would think this would be a word that we know about, that we at least understand. After all, we say it all the time. Uh, we love pizza. We love the Titans. We love summer. We love each other, we love our family, we love our husbands, we love our wives. What in the world does that mean? This, world, this, this word is so messed up in our world that even when we say it to each other sincerely, we don't know what the other one is saying, right? Some of you are dating. Some of you are at a crisis point in the date. Why? Because the other person said, I love you. It's always a, a, a tough time in the dating moment when, one, who says it first? And two, when they say it, what do they say? So you will hear conversations like, oh man, what happened? She said she loved me. Well, what does she mean? I don't know. <laughs> he said he loved me. Great. No, I don't know what he means. Does he love me like pizza? Does he, what? Is, Our world throws a word right, and now the world has defined it as tolerance, right? We love each other because we tolerate each other. Is there anything more sad? I don't want to be tolerated. I don't want to go home in the afternoon, open the door, and Jeannie meet me there, and she said, welcome home, hon. I tolerate you so much. That's the best the world can do. Because they don't know anything about this. And one of the reasons they don't know anything about this is that the English language is sloppy and lazy. 
Uh, the Greeks had three different words for love. You're familiar with that. Uh, there's a love, there's a word for friendship, there's a love for intimate love, uh, the word for intimate love, uh, eros, between a husband and wife, and of course, there is agape love. Agape love has nothing to do with the beloved. Has nothing to do with the one being loved. Everything to do with the lover. Everything to do with the one being loved, or doing the loving, not being loved. Now, let's talk about this. When you're reading in 1 John, it's one of the later letters. So what is John referencing? So you would think, okay, John must be referencing the cross. No greater love than this, that a man lay his life down for, the friends, for his friends. This is how God has shown his love. Even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Then you have to ask the question, well, how did love get to the cross? Well, that takes you back to the birth of Jesus. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Well, how did we get to the birth of Jesus? And you keep pushing until you get back to creation itself. The essence of creation is not carbon. It is not oxygen or nitrogen or hydrogen. The essence of creation is love. God is love. The expression of his essence is love. The expression of who he is is love. Creation came out of God expressing his love, his essence. And that's where creation came from. You and I are part of that creation. And you are loved not because you deserve it, not because I deserve it, but because love is who God is. Love is what God does. And you can't separate the essence from the action. It's who he is. It's what he does. Now, when you begin to to look at that, you understand that we love each other because Christ, God, has first loved us. Now, you and I have had moments where we tried to love in our own strength, and we think it is an emotional response to a situation. And so we say to ourselves, I have to love the people at work. I have to love the people I go to school with. And so you stand in front of the mirror and you try to psych yourself up, right? I don't care what kind of jerk they are, I'm going to love them. Because you think it's all about you. It's all about my strength, my emotion. It's not. We've all had those New Year's resolutions where I'm going to love people. And that lasts maybe to lunch. Maybe. You can't do it in your own strength because most of us see love as a contract. Party of the first part loves the party of the second part. As long as the party of the second part loves the party of the first part, the contract is valid and in force. If one of the parties ceases to love the other party, then the contract is void, right? Because a lot of you say, well, I thought y'all were dating. No, we broke up. We don't love each other anymore. Why? She doesn't love me. So I stopped loving her. Well, that's not love. Okay, that's a contract. 
The essence of agape love is God from the beginning has sought the beloved to pour his love into us. And when he does that, the existential questions we struggle with are answered. And they're answered at a foundational moment. A lot of our world does not think they are worth loving. And they'll tell you, you'll you'll see it in all kinds of reports and surveys, I'm not worthy of love, I don't feel like anybody loves me, I'm not lovable. The the, the scriptures begin, the Christianity begins with this outrageous statement that God loves you. Because of God, of who God is, he loves you. And if he loves you, then by definition, you are worthy of love. You are lovable. If God loves you, you must be lovable. Does God ever make a wrong decision? Does he? Then the decision to love you can't be wrong. If God has chosen to love you, therefore you must be lovable. Why? Because God has chosen to love you. And that's something the world can't cancel. That's his gift to you. Now, you know, we get hung up in everybody's opinion. A couple of weeks ago, I wore a pink shirt. A friend of mine stopped me and looked at me and goes, pink shirt? I said, yeah. He said, why? I said, Jenny says they look good in it. <laughs> Your opinion doesn't count. <laughs> There's one vote in my life. She's about 5'4 and blonde. That's it. I would like for the rest of you to like me, but it's not necessary. (laughs) There's one vote. Do you know when God created you, he loved you before you ever were? And he hasn't changed his mind. And there's nothing in the universe, no one in the universe that can change his mind. You love because you're loved. The second question that is answered is the one of identity. Who am I? I cannot tell you the number of times that my father told me to stand up, set up straight. You're a Glen. He made it sound like we had castles in Europe. You know, it was years before I found out we were broke sharecroppers from South Mississippi. But there were certain expectations of me simply because I am a Glen. It is who I am. It was bestowed on me by the Father. Do you know who you are? That moment, your name is only bestowed on you by the Father, and nobody can take that away. Have you noticed how many conversion experiences in the Bible were, were evidenced, by, were, were shown in a change of name? You're no longer Simon. You 
are now Peter. Now notice what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say, I hope you grow in to the identity of Peter. I hope one day you're strong enough that we can call you Peter. Uh Uh-uh. Jesus said, as of this moment, because of who I am, this is who you are. You are son. You are daughter. The Father has declared that. Nobody else gets a vote. Your purpose is in that. Ananias is in his prayers when Jesus says, go lay hands on Saul. You remember what Ananias said? Are you sure? (laughs) It's funny. It's a funny story. Do you know who this man is? As if Jesus is going to say, ah, Wrong guy. I'll get back to you. (laughs) Jesus answered, I know exactly who he is. I know exactly what he's done. You go lay hands on him and you tell him that I have now set him apart as a chosen vessel to the Gentiles. And you tell him, I'll let him know what he will suffer for my name. Because of who I am, this is who you are. Because of who I am, Jesus says, this is what you are here for. This is your identity. This is your purpose. And it comes because God loves us first. Now, if you've ever gotten serious about Jesus for any length of time, you notice that you, you, you begin to change. The way you think begins to change. The way you, you want, your desires, they begin to change. But it's not anything that you're working on. It's a natural consequence, natural result of being in the presence of Christ. It's not that you get up every morning and go, today I'm going to be nicer, today I'm going to be kinder. No. It's today you get up and focus on Jesus. And as Jesus is in your life, as his presence is in your life, he flushes out all that other stuff. Okay? Why? You can't hold the ocean in a thimble. And when you get aligned with God and he begins to pour his love into you, you drown in it. You drown in grace. You get washed away by mercy. You find friends and say, please take some of this love. I'm drowning in it. Please take some of this grace from Christ. I'm drowning in it. The love of Christ hits your life, can't hold the ocean in a thimble, and it sloshes on to the other people around you. Because God is loving us. We are loving other people. And if you're having trouble loving, it's not the problem with you. It's not a problem with them. The problem is you're disconnected from the Father. 
you've lost your identity. You've lost your purpose because you're disconnected from the Father. It was a moment at the end of Kairos. Things were kind of quiet, kind of subdued. So I walked out center stage, sat on the stool just like this. And I said to them, if you haven't heard it from anybody else, hear it from us. We love you. And it matters what happens to you. It matters to us what happens to you. I said it for the next three or four weeks. It just became the way we ended the service. If you haven't heard it from anyone else, hear it from us. We love you. It matters to us what happens to you. And one night we changed the end of the service. I didn't think anything about it. I was walking out. A young man, his hair was so long he was in his eyes, who did not look up as I walked by, but I heard him. Do you still love us? Well, yeah, why? You didn't say it. Hmm. If you haven't heard it from anyone else, hear it from us. We love you, and it matters to us what happens to you. Now, don't think I'm all that great a guy. I'm not. And this church isn't filled with people who are all that, all that. But somewhere along the line, we got the message that we were loved by the Father. I was in the living room of my parents' home when I began to understand. God loves me just cause. Can't do anything to earn it. Can't do anything to lose it. Just cause. Now I know some of you think that love is a contract. You attended here this morning to keep that contract. So you could check in the box, attended church. You also made the thing to be nice to each other, and you're going to get in the parking lot, and somebody's going to cut you off. And you're going to lose all the Jesus you just found. Some of you are from the first service because you got in the parking lot, lost Jesus, drove around, got out of your car, and came back. It's not about you. It's not about you earning it or deserving it. It's about a God who loves you 
who loves me. Just because. We do love you. It does matter what happened to us, what happens to you. Why? <laughs> Just cause. Let's pray together. I don't want to do anything to embarrass you or put you on the spot. I do want you to know that you are loved. No, it didn't have anything to do with what you did, who you are. It has everything to do with who God is. And even in this moment, he longs to lavish his love on you. Now, you may not get that. I understand it. You may not know what to do with that. That's okay. We don't expect you to have it all figured out. In fact, we're so confident that you probably don't have it figured out, we're going to have prayer counselors stand down front. Just find them. Start the moment there. It can be as simple as you telling one of them, I don't get it. We'll know where to start. It can be as simple as you looking for a church home. We'll know where to start that too. Others of our counselors, prayer ministers, They'll be in the Welcome Center. Go on the sanctuary, turn left, you'll see it. We'll be waiting there. Don't leave this moment without knowing you're loved. Don't leave this moment without knowing. That God loves you and it matters to him what happens to you. Lord Jesus, every life is now open, every heart. So we pray the choices and decisions we make now are exactly what you want.